Welcome to the Grow Your Practice podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Chad Madden, owner of Madden Physical Therapy and Breakthrough. Join me each week as we dive into the best practices, systems, principles, tips, and tricks to help you grow your private practice. How do I plan for the upcoming year? Everybody, Chad Mann here with the Grow Your Practice podcast. And in this episode, I want to discuss a tool with you that I've been using in my practice uh, for the last 20 plus years. Literally, I had done this exercise and discovered this tool before I opened in private practice. I'll share that story here with you um, during this episode. Um, but I want to talk through the profit planner. And also, um, it, during this episode, I'll be sharing with you how you can get access and I'll share the exact tool with you that I use. So as we're closing out the year here and coming up on uh, and you're planning ahead for 2024, you can use this in your practice as well. So let's get started. I believe that you know, if, if you can't write out and make a plan, a clear plan for your business, you're never going to make it happen in real life. So there's no real magic outside of being able to clearly and uh, definitely, you know, write out what it is that you want to accomplish in the next year. So we know that if, you know, if we're going to be whimsical and just rely on what the insurance company or marketplace is going to tell us we're worth, we're going to be in big trouble. You know, there, there's been this gradual pressure over the last 20 or 30 years, you know, with declining reimbursements, upward pressure on costs, this is nothing new to you. But how do we remedy that? Well, it all starts with a plan and we have to be able to put this plan in place. So, you know, what is it? This I've put together a, a profit planner. Not only have I used it for our practice um, overall, and, you know, I've, I've shared with you, you know, our, we have a $20 million practice, seven locations, recently had a valuation done at 20.8 million. Uh, we have a hundred plus employees. We have um, seven directors, uh, 50 plus clinicians right now. But in, in order to get all of that moving in the same direction, we have to have some sort of financial plan, a financial projection of what's going to be happening uh, within our practice. So we know that we're going to be getting this roughly 3.3% Medicare cut. We know that you know we see a certain percentage of our payer mix is Medicare. So we can forecast forward what's going to happen next year with, I believe here in 2023, we'll see roughly 108,000 visits. And next year, we're forecasting another 20% jump um, in, in visits year over year. So we can forecast forward with this tool. Now, why is this tool important? When I first uh, opened up, I, I actually just found this book again, uh, but I, I bought this book called The Unofficial Guide to Starting a Small Business. And this is uh, in the early days of dreaming about owning my own private practice. It's roughly a 300-page book by Marsha Leighton Turner. I'm not even sure if it's published anymore, but I went through and answered every question in, in that book. So much of it was on you know market research and demographics of the area and you know uh, total addressable market. For me, the services that I would pro be providing, how I would be differentiated from my competitors, et cetera. And I answered all the questions uh, in this book, and I put all the answers and all the research, all the work that I'd done into this hideous gray three-ring binder. And again, this is uh, as I was planning on opening my private practice. Uh, probably took me three months to go through the book. When I went in for uh, 
I went to it's Legacy Bank. To, there's no longer a Legacy Bank. That's now First National Bank here in Central PA. But I wanted to. I was seeking a fifty thousand dollar SBA loan, small business uh, loan, to get started. And I uh, I spoke with the lending officer. Her name was Coletta Bruce. We had an appointment. I sat down, you know, so proudly with this binder that I. I'm guessing I put a hundred hours into uh, creating this thing and I sat down and I'm going, she's, she's like, okay, like, what are you asking for? I said the $50,000 SBA, I think it was a line of credit now that I think about it. Uh, But you get the idea um, to start this business. And she was like, okay, tell me about the business. And she was asking all these questions and just, you know, very doing her job, looking interested in what I was saying. And I, as I was flipping or as I was telling the story, she was flipping through this binder and she got to the pro forma and she said, a time out. And she literally ripped the page and this, it was so dramatic, uh, but uh, ripped the page out of the binder. And she said, I'll be right back. This is all I need. She walked down the hallway. She came back a couple minutes later. I don't know. It seemed like three minutes. Maybe it was 20 minutes. And she said, uh, yeah, we can do this. No problem. And what I had done on that page is I had forecasted months one through 12 in my first year in practice um, and what our income and uh, what our expenses would be and what my assumptions were around that. Now, I was way off in some of the specific numbers. However, I will tell you this, the the projected income that I had was um, $113,000 on that one year financial plan. What I actually did was one thirteen, <laughs> so literally nailed it, uh, and it, it within a thousand dollars, give or take, of the actual plan. Now, again, the details weren't exactly right, but I was really close. Why did I have the one thirteen? This is a very selfish reason, um, but it was my wife was pregnant, so I was in a less than a one year marriage. Um, my wife was pregnant with our oldest son. And he would literally be born 13 months after we were married. And um, so she was six months pregnant with her son and she was a school teacher. So we knew that the income that I had to generate in order for her not to be forced to go back to work. And we wanted to, that was important to us both. We had discussed that, that she could have the choice to go back to work or not. Um, So then, you know, we, we kind of justified it to ourselves. We were pretty young at the time, you know, mid twenties, I think I was 26. And we said, well, you know, this is pretty much the cost of a, a very nice new car, luxury car at the time. And, you know, here's what happens if this doesn't work out. But that was the extent of what we thought it, it very it, immature business acumen at the time, but I had gone through, but the, the, the point of the story is that this tool was super valuable to the banker because it painted the financial picture of what I was going to do in you know an opening Madden PT and opening my private practice. To back that up, um, roughly a year later, when so I opened up uh 49 South Prince Street, it was a 4,000 square foot building, approximately. I occupied half of that 2,000 square feet, and the owner of that building um w- is I've always considered him one of my three business mentors. Now, this guy is fascinating, did, you know, build a $500 million portfolio, real estate portfolio in the commercial space from scratch here in central PA. And um, yeah, fascinating, had probably the most intelligent, articulate person I've ever talked with, 
four Ivy League degrees from three Ivy League schools, Penn, Wharton, and Harvard. Um, absolutely just a, a, a genius mind. And we, um, he invited me to dinner. And again, he owned the building. He was looking to sell the building and he was consolidating into larger properties. So this 4,000 square foot building was, um, yeah, they, he, he was liquidating that. And then he was going into, uh, you know, everything was like 50,000 square feet plus, um, and consolidating his operations. So during the course of that dinner, the one thing that he kept going, I mean, he drilled this in for three hours, but it was this concept of Y equals X to the nth. And he just kept going back to it. And he was like, you know, this is, this is the formula for compounding growth. And if you understand this, you're going to do amazing. And he was like, but if you don't, you're going to make some very big business mistakes. And he was like, you know, you're, you're young, you're learning, you're, uh, you're making mistakes right now. And that's a good thing, but you, you need to um, get better. Your, the income, your portfolio, your investments, your ability to earn, everything else should be growing over time. And he said, here's the error that most people make. They go out and they see somebody who's far out on the curve. So if you don't know what Y equals X to the nth looks like, you should take a look at it online. But it's basically this parabolic graph or half of a parabolic graph where you get this, you know, very rapid growth. And some of the classic examples, you know, the that Y equals X to the nth exponential growth curve is commonly used in investing, the investing world where somebody's talking about Warren Buffett. You know, Warren Buffett literally can lose billions of dollars, gain billions of dollars in a day because, you know, one a 1% swing in his net worth is literally a couple billion dollars. So you get the idea there. Um, but it wasn't always that way. And he said, what the error that most young business people make is they look at people that are way out on the curve. So they look at somebody who's been in business for 20 or 30 years, and they try to act like that person is acting now. And what they ignore is what that person did 20 or 30 years ago. So he said, um, you know, in the beginning, and, and again, he just kept trying to impress this on me over and over. He said, every business decision that you ever make, whether you're investing in commercial real estate whether you're opening other physical therapy practices, you need to use this tool. Guess what? It was the same exact pro forma tool. And I believe the, the pro forma tool that Norm uh, developed for uh, commercial real estate ended up being used on a, on a national level. So very much the, the standard. So learned it in commercial real estate. It's applicable to private practice PT and today I use it when I'm evaluating any sort of business um, at all, whether, you know, it's an angel investing opportunity or, you know, if I'm looking at farmland or any other business opportunity, I go back and use this tool. And what it is, is a financial projection simply on your income. So what is the income for the projected period, whether it's a month, quarter, year, five-year period, the longest one I've ever done is 13 years um, but what's the projected income, what are the projected expenses and what, um, is the projected margin or profit, right? So what can we expect here? And then you should have your, you know, basic assumptions in there as well. So for example, I would work in for next year that our revenue for a certain percentage of our payer mix is going to be roughly 3% less in 2024 than it is here in 2023. The other thing that going through the exercise does is it helps you ask yourself better business questions, or at least that's what it's done for me and others that have used it. 
So it helps me convert my liabilities over into assets. Liabilities, we know, are things that increase our expenses without increasing our income. Assets are things that uh, increase our income long term, right? So some examples of liabilities could be a car, right? A car costs money to fuel it, whether it's gas or electric. Um, it costs money for maintenance, costs money for insurance, et cetera. Um, and it depreciates in value typically over time. Um, a, a home is typically a liability, especially if you're living in it and not renting it out in any way um, because you have to pay for insurances, you have to pay for utilities, you have to pay for maintenance again, property taxes, et cetera. Um, so it's a liability. And yeah, it, it's the bank that wants you to think about it, that, that it's an asset. That's a classic Robert Kiyosaki, rich dad, poor dad line. But um, yeah, within our business, we have assets. It should be our people, right? The the time available on our schedules, um, the services that we're providing and the space that we have, the equipment that we have. They should be our assets and liabilities um, within a practice are underutilized, all of the above. So underutilized space, underutilized clinician schedules, underutilized equipment. Um, again, the, why is this important, the pro forma? All of our directors use it. So each one of our seven directors, before they opened a de novo, a new location, um, they they have to go through this process. In fact, in our clinical director certification, it's the very first thing that we teach is the pro forma exercise um, because we want them to be asking themselves better business questions. How am I going to make this work? So our seven directors not only do it for in a de novo situation, they do it at the end of each period. Uh, really, you know, it's the, at the end of the year, and they're all familiar with the the now ten year pro forma that we have. Um, so we've covered so far what it is, why it's important. Um, again, it's a financial projection. This this profit planner, or if you're a CPA, you, you might call it a pro forma. Um, you know what happens when this isn't solved? Well, typically, and I've been in. I've been witness to business situations where it's not involved, and I've probably am even guilty of entering into some things myself. Um, what happens is, again, if you can't make it work on paper, there's no way that you're going to make it work on real life. So I, I'll give another example. Um, about six months in to private practice, I was treating uh, two personal trainers, um, and they had... Uh, two female personal trainers, they wanted to open a, um, and I knew both of their families really well, they wanted to open a a gym. And at the time, uh, I think it was called Curves. It was this female-only gym. Uh, it sounded like a pretty good model, but Planet Fitness was just coming through and wrecking everybody with their, their $10 a month pizza party model. And um, the, so nonetheless, Curves closed. There were all these trainers. They wanted to do something. I had extra space, about 600 extra square feet in the back, and we were going to open this um, this ladies' gym where all of these former members of Curves were going to come and use it, and I was basically going to earn a little bit of money. And my wife, who was a member of Curves, said, hey, what are you doing here? And I showed her the list of equipment. I think I was buying like $35,000 in equipment, and she was like, how much are you going to make this? make from this. And I went through and I like couldn't show her how I was going to make any money. And I think it came out to less than like $200 a month is what I'd make. And she was like, no way. Like, <laughs> you're like can if you, like, if you can't show me how this is going to work, why would you ever order 
$35,000 in equipment and I immediately abandoned it. Fast forward um, last year, she was looking to buy a farm and we did the same exact thing. So this was a an equestrian training facility and we did the same exact thing and she couldn't make it work on paper and we ended up uh, backing out of the deal and not not completing following through on the deal. So very important for you to when it when it's not addressed when it's not done what happens is you make financial mistakes. So you buy space you really don't need, you make a hire you don't really need um and you you end up buying a liability which is something that none of us want to have. So some of the pitfalls um the so s- most owners my guess is 100% of owners at some point look at their P&L. So even if it's on an annual basis, most of us do it monthly, but you're looking at like a, a, some sort of profit and loss statement from your CPA, right? Or from QuickBooks or however you're doing your accounting. Or you're looking at your checking account balance, which is an, an even worse way to financially manage your, your, your business. Now, both of those things, whether you're looking at a PL or you're looking at a checking account balance, or looking at the past. A, a pro forma and this tool, this profit planner, is looking at the future. So you're using your assumptions based on the past, your past behavior to predict the future. What does that allow you to do? We have this diagram. I know you can't see it if you're listening to the podcast, but um, what it allows you to do is you can. So once you have the profit plan in place, then you can go forward and you can say, okay, what are the profit levers? What are the strategic changes that I can make next year? Should I be adding a cash-based service? Do I have underutilized space or underutilized schedules that I need to fill? Should I be adding additional space? What does that look like? Do I need additional equipment? Um, things along those lines. Should I be dropping a lowest payer? Should I be dra- attracting more of a higher payer? Those strategic questions, they can become overwhelming especially when we don't have a plan in place. When we do have a plan in place, then we can start to play around with, what does this look like when I add this service? What does this look like when I change my payer mix? Um, they're, they're the most important things that as you're, and again, I, I had said that when you go through this exercise and you have this tool, you're going to be asking yourselves better business questions. Unfortunately, pitfall number one is most of us just look at past behavior. We never, again, I would, say 100% of us look at the past for the finance financials and um, less than 5%, 10% of us are ever thinking about uh, the future. Uh, th- this tool, a pro forma, a profit planner looks ahead at the future. So where can you do this at? You know, lots of different tools. You can use Excel, you can use numbers, you can use the Google Sheets. I'm willing to, um, I'm willing to offer this you know exactly the the exact tool that we're using um so you can download that i'll need to get you uh, a url we'll put it in the show notes um how you can download the tool um in in terms of how to do it it's going to be tough to do um on a, a a podcast episode here but you can do a one month projection you can do a one quarter projection you can do a one year projection you can do a five year projection I've done up to 13 years. The it, it would be a major win for you if you've never done this before to to have 2024 planned out. Um, usually, that's an ideal time. This is something that you probably shouldn't you know hide in a folder. You should be sharing this with your team, painting the vision. Um, 
all right, the, the other changes, the other how-to we've talked about here, you do want to factor in changes, any changes and assumptions that you're going to have. We, when is the ideal time to do this? We're coming up on the end of the year. This is the ideal time. So there's typically a, a markation point or some sort of change in the calendar. It can be the end of a quarter, end of a year, end of a five-year period, end of a three-year period, however you think about that. But now is usually the time to be thinking forward. The last thing that I want to cover here is the benefit of the benefit. So yes, it's great for you as a practice owner to have a financial plan, financial projection for what you and your team are going to accomplish next year. Why is that important? Well, we're all human beings, right? We all have lives outside of our businesses. We're uh, husbands and wives and fathers and mothers and sons and daughters. And there's other family members that we're taking care of. So what it has done for me, and I, I shared the story with the, uh, the gym equipment purchase of how we were going to open up a gym and have a membership that was going to, you know, break even or make just, uh, some change monthly (laughs) wasn't really going to be worth our while. I share that with you. You know, what a good financial projection does is it gets our team aligned, which does wonders for us. Uh, long-term gets everybody rowing in the same direction at home. It gets our, our partner online. I know many times I've gone to Steph and, you know, if I can't make something work on paper, um, she knows that I'm not going to be able to make it work in real life. So it, it keeps me in check accountable. Why is that important? Because, you know, I have a responsibility to her and our six children and my parents and her parents and our extended families. Um, and I, I want to uphold that, right? I want to be as most of us do, we want to be respected within our families and follow through on the 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 promises on of uh, you know the, the, of what we've made to them. So that's for me that that's one of the key reasons is why is it's important. I, I want to be a respected business person, right? So um, the the other I, I don't want to be foolish. I don't want to you know have to close my doors or lay off people or be you know. Uh, not respected within our community. And I think many of you feel the same way. The other one is, you know, right now within private practice, we, we, we have a real issue with declining margins. And I know that, you know, when I look at healthcare spending over the last 20 years, um, 25 years, my professional career here in physical therapy, um, the, the trends are not good. And while healthcare as a whole has grown dramatically, you know, the latest numbers, 2022, we're spending over $13,000 per year per person. I know that a smaller and smaller fraction of that is going to conservative care and especially physical therapy. And I, that, that doesn't, that's not in alignment with my beliefs in any way. I think, you know, as physical therapists, as conservative care service providers, we provide the greatest outcome per dollar in all of healthcare. And, um, you know, that prevention is, is the key. It's absolutely insane that 90% of what we're spending in healthcare, that $13,000 a month goes towards reactive medicine that frequently is unnecessary per research and does not address the call, the root cause of the problem. But I know what we can do for a a $1,200 plan of care on average in, in PT and the, the lasting effects that that has um, it, for our patients that we're helping. So, you know, it, it's really a, an altruistic vision 
I don't think the healthcare system is right. And I really think that now digging into the numbers, which are readily available online, you can go to cms.gov and read them for yourself. You know, I, I can't see that and ignore it. So there, there's something that I have to do about it. And I can't really do that if our doors are closed because I can't run a, a private practice that has a reasonable margin of safety um, or profitability. So that's one of the benefits. The other one is, you know, most of us as family people, whether we're taking care of our parents or taking care of our children um, we're, or grandchildren, you know, we're looking at experiences. Th th those experiences cost money. Um, there was a, you know, you and I took a risk to open, to go into private practice years ago, and we expect a certain reward for some of us that might be looking at a, you know, a certain standard of living in retirement for others. We're looking to buy experiences with our children, grandchildren, parents. Um, yeah. So, I mean, th there, there's a responsibility in that and a benefit that, you know, I get to have just a few months ago, we took, I think it was 15 people. So we took my in-laws, um, my parents, and five of our children, Steph and I did on a, on Alaskan cruise. It was like this, you know, bucket list thing that we wanted to do. There was a price to that, right? That, that, that wasn't free. And, uh, while I want, uh, you know, Royal Caribbean, I think that's who we cruised with, um, to give us that cruise for free. That's, that's not realistic. So there was a cost to that. We wanted to do that for our parents, um, you know, before, honestly, we wanted to have that experience while we still could. And we were able to do that. So I know that that doesn't happen if I don't have this tool in place. So again, you can go to the show notes um, for that URL, the link, but I'm, I'm sharing with you my exact planner for 2024. My request to you is that you use it, that you use it in your private practice, that you help correct um, the system that we, the healthcare system that we have here in the in the U.S. in your community, you you know you flip the script, um, you put conservative care first, you leave a lasting impact, you help people get back on their feet, overcome their health challenges naturally um, with the services that you're providing. That's my only request. If you're going to use it, use it for good, use it for uh, benefactor, uh, or use it for the benefit of society. Um, as you're as you're planning for. Anyhow, um, hope this helps you out tremendously and you're doing well and you have a great 2024. Thank you for listening.